Hey, thanks for picking me up. This is Ding Dong with Matt Bronger. Uh, thanks for all the people that have called in and have been promoting the show. Be sure to go on uh, iTunes and uh, rate it. Rate it high or don't. Uh, and uh, thanks for listening. And thanks for telling your pals about this. Uh, the response has been um, really, really great. And I just uh, wanted to, you know, it's annoying when it's just like, yeah, just do something entertaining. Don't just thank people. The first couple episodes, I remember I did this, you know, when it started like two years ago. I would just like have whole episodes where I was just thanking and I wasn't even aware of it. Christ, what an idiot. But you live, you learn. Um, and you know, if I could just want to say one, one little thing, like we have to really let ourselves learn a little bit. Uh, I find now we're kind of going after any, anybody who says something halfway bad with a vengeance and just understand, sure, I get it. I've done it. We, it feels good. You know, just like blowing up the Death Star feels good, but we're never going to solve any problems that way. If, if someone says something, you know, halfway annoying and you just Say you know, uh, the extreme horrible version is when uh, a woman expresses dissent about something, and then terrible guys are like, "You should be raped," and that's about the worst it'll ever get. Knock on wood in terms of online threats, but just smashing somebody's kind of—I don't know. We just need room to grow, is what I'm saying. And listen, I'm not—I have no one in mind. I have no example in mind. I was just—I um, was thinking. About, actually, uh, Dana Gould was on uh, WTF talking about Marcella. Aguelo's hilarious comedian saying how you have to let people let people evolve, let people grow. So I'm basically piggybacking on her statement off of something I just said that made me think of that. Anyway, uh, check out the new episode of Obsessed podcast here on Feral Audio. I did a guest uh, spot on it and had a rad time. It was really awesome. I talked about well-made scary stuff. Uh, thanks to Joseph Scrimshaw for uh, being patient with me because he wanted me on the show and I could not come up with anything I was obsessed with. But uh, I find, especially around this time of year, around Halloween, I, I find myself watching for anything, anything scary movies coming out. Uh, I just bought um, uh, the, the ghost box that uh, Patton Oswalt curated, uh, um, uh, which is just a book of short stories. Or, excuse me, a box, a box of short stories, and it's awesome. And so case in point, stuff like that. Uh, uh, Victor Laval, awesome author. Uh, and online friend of mine sent me a copy of his Richard Matheson collection that he edited, which is fantastic. Uh, you should pick up both those items. They're great. But yeah, that was the thing I was kind of obsessed with is that I just, I seek out spooky shit that's, that's well-made. Gotta be well-made. And I'm not a, I'm not a, a, a prude about violence and gore. I'm not a, a, a snob about horror or anything like that. I think like a lot of the cheesy grindhouse stuff, if it, if done well, can be amazing. Uh, I feel like uh, whoever, probably George Romero, came up with the idea of zombies, which is utterly ridiculous, is is amazing. I mean, I, you know, if people come back f- from the dead, why would they eat us? Like they're all of a sudden hungry. They're they're physically hungry. That's their thing. That you know, but it's a scary idea. Uh, so check it out. Check out that episode of Obsessed. Pick up the Ghost Box and pick up that Richard Matheson collection. Uh, let's get the first call going. Yeah, hi. This is uh, Jay Gerace. I swear to God, if Matt Bronger, if you actually set this up, you're fucking insane. It's completely amazing. Look, man, I'm calling because uh, I follow you on Facebook. I, I have all your albums. Not anything too creepy. It's not like I jerk it to them, but um, 
Uh, I mean, the mall therapist got me because I lived in T.O. for 17 years. Um, I lived the, the overpass. And, uh, I mean, I know how big that mall is. I went through the same experience over a girl and made my day the other day. Um, rambling. I'm an aspiring comedian, man. And I'm just trying to figure out some good advice how to go about it. I'm pretty low right now. I'm living in a home by shelter um, on antidepressants, but they're not really working that well. And I'm just, I'm kind of scared, man, because I got nothing else going other than making people laugh. And there's something about getting on stage that uh, really messes me up. So, man, if you just give me any kind of advice, uh, I don't know if I should leave a number. Maybe I will. Nervous about that, but fuck it. Um, again, thanks so much for doing this, man. Appreciate it. Hey, dude. Uh, thank you so much for calling in and for taking the time and for having the courage to do that. Uh, we we edited out his number, yeah? Okay, good. <laughs> we had that happen in the live show. I was like, no, no, cut it off, cut it off. And I found out later, Andrew, of course, had edited it out in, a, in advance. Uh, but, uh, hey, man, yes, uh, and to people calling in, don't leave your numbers. Uh, we're, it, it won't make it to air, but I appreciate the sentiment. But, yeah, I, I just respond on here. That's it. I got to keep it kind of uh, impersonal. Uh, but, anyway, uh, to, your, to your conundrum, uh, that's rough, man, what you're going through. And I, I appreciate you, though you feel like the antidepressants not, might not be working, I appreciate you sticking with them. And uh, trying to look at the the bright side. I'm, and a side note: I'm glad you don't jerk it to my stuff. Uh, I uh, TJ Miller had sex with his girlfriend in my album. I remember he told me years ago, and it, it fucked with me. You're right. Andrew's shaking his head. Yeah, he does that a lot while we're recording. I say terrible things. Maybe I share too much, but I feel like that's where the healing begins. TJ Miller fucked to my album. Uh, but yeah, thank you for not uh, taking it that far. I really appreciate the the patronage and you liking my stuff, man. And it's it's rough the situation you're in, but I if uh, my my best advice to you is just look at it as as a as, as it being transitional. Uh, we all have those moments in our lives which are down, uh, and that makes us appreciate the ups. In terms of uh, how you go about doing comedy, everyone starts the same way. Uh, open mics they are horrible. They are utter death. But just understand that everyone is in that death together. Uh, everyone is on the same uh, level as you. Uh, sometimes people in the higher levels or you know that advance a little bit will come back and do them just for the practice. But it's it's a lot like going to the gym. And as far as it messing you up, uh, getting in front of people, there's no way around it, man. You kind of just got to walk through the fire. But just understand that it's a good fire. It's a good thing to try, and it, it it'll be terrible. But it's it, you know, you should just let yourself eat it. You should let yourself bomb, let yourself uh, have bad sets, and that's how you get better. One of the worst things that can happen to you when you start as a comedian is if you have really good sets starting out, because it makes you, it makes you uh, uh, not not work uh, as hard. And the people that have the bad sets initially generally turn out better in the years to come. Comedy is a like a lifelong thing. If you really want to get good at it, you got to kind of give a huge chunk of your life to it, which is not a bad thing. I've, uh, everything that's good that's happened in my life, I've gotten indirectly or directly through comedy. Uh, you know, with the exception of like my parents and the kids, the friends I grew up with. Uh, you know, I, I met my, my fiance through comedy. Uh, most of my friends have a career because of comedy. Uh, so it, 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 it definitely has its bad side, but it really has its good side too. 
Uh, and, I, and I would say, you know, if you are living in a shelter, just make a, and it is, of course, goes without saying, but just make a, make an effort to, uh, try to, you know, uh, you know, wear, wear some clothes that are a little, a little bit nicer, not too shabby, clean up before you go. Uh, because, uh, you know, the people that are booking those shows can be a little finicky and a little, they can be shitty people sometimes, but you can't blame them. They're dealing with a lot of, <laughs> a lot of desperate egos. But the the cool thing is, you know, you're starting uh, from from the bottom in terms of comedy. So you know, the only way you can go is up. Just go and experiment and try things and uh, do stuff that you think is funny on stage. Just don't worry about anybody else. Do the stuff that entertains you. You know, uh, I can't tell you how many times I've gone on stage and looked at the crowd and going, "Oh, they want to hear something like this," and then you do it and it feels false because it is false. Because what they want is what you think is funny. You they want you to share you. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, keep on keeping on and thanks for listening and, uh, you know, call in again and let me know how it goes. Uh, go, go do the open mic thing and call in and, and just share, uh, you know, uh, look at this as a, as a, as a kind of, you know, thing where you can just, you know, share, share as you go. Um, you know, don't call every time you do stand up, but, <laughs> but feel free to share and, and best of luck to you. And thanks again for calling in, man. Uh, that, yeah, that, that boy. That 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 really that really uh, shows you that it's 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 sometimes it's just that the comedy is a weird thing because it's, sometimes it's just that thing that can keep you keep you hanging on and keep you happy, uh, and other times it is the very thing that can can core the core the soul out of you. Uh, Rob Williams comes to mind uh, that you could talk about someone who had done everything and had everything and uh, just it just still yeah, I don't want to say it wasn't enough because that's it's. It, it doesn't. It doesn't work that way. Uh, it's. It's like kind of saying that there's. There's not enough emotions to fill up this wooden barrel. It. It just. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, 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 you know. Coalesce in. In that kind of metaphor. It's not that it wasn't enough. It's just that. You know. It's. Yeah. I'm. I'm stumbling to find the words. But any. Any friends of mine who have actually wrestled with clin- clinical depression. Is that I remember Rob Delaney said that when someone was saying like, "Oh, isn't depression just being really sad?" and and he said, "No, it's it's sadness would be a relief because in that in that instance you would actually feel something." And clinical depression is a is a terrifying numbness. My uh, a family friend of uh, of of mine, her mother, uh, I think attempted suicide, and it, and I remember as a kid, we're like, "Why would you do that to your family?" But it's a thing of like it doesn't even. That it's as, it's as if it doesn't that 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 sentiment doesn't make sense to someone who's dealing with that level of of depression. So, you know, if you're if you're out there and you and you and you're you're at that stage where you you want to end it, uh, all I can say is 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 try try talking to someone. Because um, for, for my for, for me, I, I going to therapy is just I've said this before a thousand times. You know, just having someone I can say anything to. But it also helps me in ways I uh, I I, uh, I I can never antici- anticipate. I I almost always don't want to go to therapy, but I'm always grateful that I went. And about uh, a quarter of the time, I don't want to do stand up. I don't want to do uh, a set. I had, I had a fun uh, time last night with uh, my buddy Kyle Kinane. We went out, had dinner, had a couple beers. Uh, his girlfriend Rachel met up with us. We had sets. His went great. Mine was weird but decent, uh, and I, I didn't like 
I was felt like I was in my head a lot during my set and I was a little stiff, but it was like overall just a, a fun night. But there are those nights where I'm like, ah, why did I give my, my availability for a Tuesday night, uh, at the comedy store and I went and I get there and I don't want to do it. But e- anytime I do it, it's like, I'm always like, oh man, I'm so glad I did that. I did three sets this week. I try to do at least three sets a week. And, uh, you know, I learned something from each one of them. So I guess in the end, what I'm saying is you, you really got to do shit to, to, to evolve. You got to make that step. And even if it is a dumb thing, I tried to go to an early morning exercise class and traffic was so bad. I, I was like 15 minutes late and was like, I just went home and went on like a short hike. And I was just like, why the fuck did I drive all that way? And why is traffic so bad right now in LA? It's bananas. I don't know. It's like worse than ever. But it was that thing of, yeah, that sucked. And I, I, I had a, a rage freak out when I realized I wasn't going to make it to this fucking spin class. But I got a lot of thinking done during this drive. So in a way, it was worth it, you know, even though I may, maybe didn't plan well. But you know what I'm saying? I did a thing. I didn't just sit at home. I didn't just turn the TV off and shut my brain off. You know what I'm saying? Or TV on and shut my brain off. I tried to read something and talk at the same time, which is not good. Let's get the next call. Hey, Dingar. Uh, my name is Rolf from Montana. And uh, I just have a quick problem. Um, I'm currently about to graduate college with a writing degree. It's very useful, I know. Uh, but I'm thinking I want to get a uh, teaching uh, certificate as well, and that will, but that will extend my college career by another year. Um, so I guess my question is, um, should I take the time to go and get my teaching certificate, or in light of the upcoming nuclear holocaust, should I just invite, invest in spiky cars and mohawk dye? Uh, thanks. Love the show. Hey, dude. Uh, thanks for calling in. Congrats on uh, almost graduating or about to graduate. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, uh, Kyle Kinane uh, having a, a Road Warrior ready 4x4 notwithstanding, I think the best way to plan for the, the Holocaust is uh, to do what you want to do within uh, – Charitable reason within like, if your whole thing is like, I always wanted to kill a bunch of people. Don't do that. Never live that dream. But if you want to get that teaching certificate, man, do it. And don't worry about staying in school another year. You're obviously, um, uh, uh, probably employed in some way and you can stay employed and, and, and still, you know, keep both those balls in the air. I think you should do, uh, what you want to do. I don't think you should not go for that teaching certificate because you th- think there's going to be a nuclear holocaust. I'll never forget what my uh, my therapist said to me. We were talking about these these new generation uh, survivalists. Now, I, re- I read the, the guy from PayPal or something owns like 80 motorcycles, which I'm like, why? You can, they're all going to break down? You can use one. Maybe get five motorcycles. I know you're a billionaire, but whatever. And all these people that are building underground bunkers, and he just out of nowhere was like, you know what? If it happens, I don't want to be around for it. Like, I don't want to live if there's a nuclear. I'm, if, if they blow up everything and it's just scavengers, I'm cool with just getting vaporized. And I was like, you know, I'm with you. Uh, not that we shouldn't. You know, I do have like an earthquake kit at home and all that jazz. But, um, yeah, I mean, my, my thing with this podcast is always do what you fucking love. Now, uh, more than ever, Helen Keller's statement of uh, – uh, security is basically an illusion. Life is either a great adventure or nothing. Uh, if you're not, 
you, you might not be doing exactly what you love right now, but if you're not working toward doing what you love, uh, uh, you're, you're living faulty. I think if you're, if you're, if you're doing a job that in, and, uh, or going to school in the goal of just being enormously wealthy or, um, having a, a, a massive amount of control or something, it's just, I don't think you love that. I think you're just afraid, uh, of, of what people might think of you if you're not a, what, what is, you know, considered a, a massive success. Like look at our president right now. He's, he's, he's got everything. He's wealthy. He's got a huge family. Uh, he's the president of the United States. He's fucking miserable. He's a pile of terrified sadness and embarrassment. And, and, you know, I mean, he's so easy to bash, but I think he's a perfect example of that. How do you define success? Winston Churchill had the best uh, statement, and I'm going to butcher his quote, but he said, success is, uh, is going merrily uh, and happily between failures. And I just savaged the quote. I can't remember exactly what it is, but that's really what it is. Uh, so yeah, man, get the teaching certificate, you know, get out there and be somebody, uh, and, and teach. You obviously love the written word. You love writing. Uh, and, and you, you, you sound like a cool dude. You'll probably, uh, kill it in the classroom and we need, God, we need teachers more than ever. My parents are teachers and, uh, it's in the last 10 years, they've just been through hell where the, the, the job is looked at as a vocation. It's not looked at as an employee, as a, as a, as a job, as a, as a function, as something we need. And we need it. Where would we be without great teachers? We'd all just be like barbarians hitting each other with clubs. Uh, let's see, take the call. Take the next call. I can't talk. Okay, Matt, I need some advice. I am a 35-year-old single mom living in California. My daughter is wonderful. I have a really good job, but I hate my boss. And luckily for me, my boss hates me, not because I'm bad at my job. She actually thinks I'm the best at my job in our whole department, but we just butt heads every day. It's miserable. And my company pays better than anywhere else I could go if I were to do the same job. So I'm wondering if I should stick it out. I've been there 15 years or so I've definitely stuck it out plenty. Um, or if I should go somewhere else. And I'm also trying to find out, uh, if I should go back to school and say complete my doctorate, um, Already being a single mom with one income, I don't date all of my time to spend with my child and working. So um, how can I do that? My daughter uh, has epilepsy and special needs. She's absolutely wonderful, but I can't just leave her with any old babysitter. And basically any time that I am not working, I am with her. So I feel like if I were to try to go to school online to finish up another degree that I wouldn't have the time, and I certainly wouldn't want to front the money and have it go nowhere. So, uh, basically, what's your advice? Try to keep grinding along. I don't want my daughter to grow up and think that you can't be a mom and have a really good job and be with someone, but I feel like that's the image that I'm giving her because I don't have time to date um, but at the same time, I don't miss it. And I thought I would, but I just don't. I, I really seem to enjoy being single. Um, 
I'm just trying to figure out how to show my daughter that normally you get your relationship dynamic from your parents, and since she's not going to see that, I want to make sure she grows up and learns that you should be treated well and what she should and should not put up with, and I'm worried that she's not going to see that if she doesn't see me date, because I feel like words are just that, especially to a kid and I want to make sure that none of her boyfriends are terrible she's only three right now so that's not an issue at the moment but uh basically that's it fix my life Matt uh okay cool uh thanks for calling in uh I will no obviously I I can't exactly fix and because you know why your life doesn't really need fixing First off, um, you're, you're going through some troubles, but you sound like a, a very happy person. You're blessed with an awesome kid. And um, first off, about the, the single thing, I think that's awesome. If you're happy, then uh, you don't need to go after someone or, or create a dynamic uh, for what your kid to see. I have a lot of friends who grew up with a single parent, and, and they're great. And they, they, they know uh, people are, are different. Um, I, I think maybe... Uh, you could be a, a little more social if you like, have some friends over, um, and, and you probably do this. You probably have coffee with friends and bring your daughter or whatnot. So I think it's, it's more about, it's not about having two people in the house that are together. I think it's, it's more about your child seeing you interact with people socially and, and being happy, you know, and, uh, she's only three. So you've got a lot of time as, as for the job, I think. You should maybe look at other offers because if you're miserable all day, that's just, that's just no way to live or maybe sit down with your boss and just say, Hey, look, look, we've been banging heads for too long. How can we, uh, exercise these demons together here? Here, let's, let's talk about our problems. Um, and certainly maybe that could, if you're worried about that ending your job, maybe reach out to other employers first, try to get some offers. And then go and have that uh, meeting with your boss. And when your boss is like, how dare you talk to me like this? Just be like, look, I'm looking at other places. Uh, either we can work this out and you can, uh, or, or I'm going to leave because I got to be a, a, a healthy emotional person. I don't feel healthy emotionally. Um, as far as going back to school, if you think that'll, that'll make you happier and that will uh, uh, advance you along in your career, then uh, by all means, uh, there's the online option. There's you know, a way to, to juggle it out. I, I wish I knew anything about raising a, a child or B a special needs child. So I'm, I'm not going to give any advice about what to do with care. Uh, obviously I will defer to your expertise. Um, but I, I feel like there's, there, there's, there's ways to, to work things out, uh, to, to make, um, your life amenable to you and your daughter, uh, having less hassle and being, and being happier. Because when you said 15 years, I was kind of like, well, maybe maybe this time. My, my advice to you is do not grind it out. Don't just uh, go, well, it's safe here. I feel like you 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 grow uh, a lot of ways uh, when you when you add a little a little of what you don't want to do to your life. One, one thing I love about my uh, my gal is that she challenges me in, in a lot of ways. You know, uh, in in Sword fights, dueling, boxing. No, uh, in terms of uh, uh, adapting my life and looking into the future. Right now, we're looking to buy a home, which I don't know if you've heard uh, in Los Angeles is a breeze and not expensive. Uh, 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 so we're looking in uh, our neighborhood, which is very, very hard 
to find a good place because everyone wants to live there. I remember there was a girl who I, I did a show with, and she's like, "Where? What, what neighborhood do you live in?" And I told her. And it, it, this is not—I'm not saying it's not like Beverly Hills or Bel Air or something that's like traditionally expensive. Excuse me. It's just the prices have raised because everyone wants everyone wants to move there. And I told her the neighborhood, Los Feliz, and she was like, "God damn it." My husband and I drove through that neighborhood and we're like, this is so cute, it's perfect. And then we looked at house prices and they're ridiculous. It's highway robbery. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me the place that you found adorable and incredibly livable in Los Angeles is hideously expensive? None of that adds up. It was annoying to hear her say that. It's just like, you're mad at me for the obvious? Uh, you know, it's like, this. if I take this pill, I live an extra hundred years. Why is it a billion dollars? Uh, so we're looking at these places and long story long, one place we looked at and it was a dump and it had an addition, a legal addition built on the back. And I was like, there's no way this building was not hiding, uh, refugees in the crawl space because there were, there were like, there were like living conditions down there that were terrible. And I was like, uh, this place is haunted by the ghost of dead immigrants. That that's what this is. And, uh, you know, I don't really know what the history of it was, but it's a giant lot. It's got the house has good bones, but it needs, uh, as uh, real estate uh, appraisers would uh, charitably put it, it needs some love. It needs a lot of repairs. And I was like, no way, Jose. Uh, but we can afford it. And then we looked at another house that was smaller on a small lot, completely, as they say, turnkey. You can walk right in and live in it. Doesn't need any work. Beautiful. That is going for a little more money and it's going to be a bidding war. And we're, and it's far away from where we want to live. It doesn't have the walkability we, we we're accustomed to. And Kara was like, you know, we could buy that first place, um, take out a loan and repair it and build the house we want. We just might have to live uncomfortably for like six months. Or we could buy this place that's smaller. It's not everything we want and we probably won't get it and we can move right in. And when you look at it that way, it's kind of like we should definitely get that, if we can, get that place, do a, a shit ton of renovations, go a little bit into debt, but have a place that the value, once it's done, will make all, all our money back. And, and, and what we're looking at in the, in the short term is, is living uh, in, in that illegal addition in the back uh, for a little while, which is not even a sacrifice, really. I mean, I'm, God, holy shit, I, I live the life of Riley here, but... Uh, I think you, it's, a good, it's a good thing to look at your life that way rather than, uh, oh, I, I, I could go for the, 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 the you know, immediate gratification or I could put a little more work in and be genuinely happy down the line. And so, uh, yeah, my, my, my long short answer is uh, it, it, you sound like just such a, 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 a brilliant, loving, intelligent person. And and you're you're exactly who should be raising this this uh, amazing little girl. I think you should uh, do what what she would do tell you to do, which is invest in yourself. And by doing that, you're going to invest in your child's future, future and your future. And and you're going to uh, look back and go, well, that was that was a rough year. Uh, but uh, the, you know, I always had my daughter to hug along the way, and I and I and I I I worked at something to to get us into a better place. Because I just I just I feel bad for you. I haven't. Had a, I've had a lot of bosses I've knocked heads with uh, back when I had real jobs, but I but I had ones that I 
that I genuinely did not like being around or, or whatnot. Uh, and it's, it sucks. It sucks to go in to a place you spend such a huge chunk of your life and, you know, to go into your, your, your workspace and go have that ugh feeling. Oh, it's, it's her balls. Hi, or how are you? And we hate each other. But I, I would recommend if you can sitting down and sharing these feelings sanitized, of course, uh, with your boss and talk to her about how you're feeling because you never know. It, it, it might be something you can, you can work out and you get to keep that, uh, that higher wage. And maybe you could even work out a schedule where you could, you go back to school. But, uh, anyway, I'm flying blind, but, uh, thank you for calling in. Um, Brian, wrap it up. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's all the time we have for, uh, calls and everything. But, um, uh, let me tell you what I've got coming up. I will be, uh, you can go to, uh, Matt Bronger, Dot com to find out my upcoming dates. I'm going to be in Cleveland uh, the second week of November. That'd be the, the 10th and the 9th, the 10th and the 11th. And then in December, I'm going to be in Milwaukee. Uh, uh, let me see. December, is it 15th? December 15th, uh, the Underground Collaborative in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I've never been there before. I've been to Milwaukee, never the, the UC, do you call it that? Uh, and then I'm going to be in uh, Sweet Home Chicago at Lincoln Hall. Uh, December 16th, that's a Saturday. And I am playing New Year's Eve in Portland, Oregon. So I'll be there December 28th through the 31st at Helium. So you can catch me. Actually, I mean, that's 28th. Definitely 29th, the 30th, and the 31st. And I'm going to have a host of locals opening for me, handpicked favorites of mine. So uh, come see me. Uh, for everybody who can't make it, keep listening to the podcast. Keep telling your friends. And uh, be sure to call in. If you haven't called in, uh, do it. If you have, call again. The number is 323-776-3609. Again, that's 323-776-3609. I am um, on a press push for this. I've got my uh, amazing PR lady, Sheila, reaching out to... Um, to uh, all, all manner of, of press and podcasts. So if, if she reaches out to you, please be kind and uh, give us a little love. I'm trying to get this uh, this uh, uh, dirtbag Dear Abby angle really happening, and I've been enjoying it. Uh, so thanks again for calling, and uh, uh, this is me. Have a good one. Mm-hmm.